time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, how are you? And thanks for joining us for today's midweek edition of the financial physician, Lou Scatigna here, certified financial planner and your money doctor. Two times a week, we have our main podcast on Sunday, uploaded by 9 a.m., and the midweek podcast is usually uploaded. I try to make it by 4 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, let's start off today's program talking about a subject that I think is very serious, and it's, it's, it's very disturbing when it happens to you. Now, most people plan their retirement. They pick a year they're going to retire. They have a strategy. And they know when they're going to take Social Security. And then something sudden happens. And what's happening now, and it's an epidemic here in the United States, is you come into work, you're 60 years old, you're planning on retiring, 65, 63, whatever it is, but it's not today. And you find out there's a pink slip on your desk and to go see your supervisor. Uh, And for many people, it just comes out of the blue. You don't have any pre-warning on this. You just walk in one day and after 40 years of loyalty, uh, your company says, we're done with you. Now, why is this happening? Well, companies are trying to get away from the high salaries. They're trying to get away from the um, defined benefit pension plans. Uh, and uh, they're trying to get rid of your health care, which is more expensive as you get older. And they want to replace you, either eliminate your job, replace you with AI, artificial intelligence, or uh, a younger person who uh, will not get a pension, will get a smaller salary, uh, and they find reasons to let you go. I've even heard people being accused of sexual harassment who had nothing, did, did nothing uh, just as a way to get rid of them. So this is a pretty distressing situation, uh, to say the least. And I've, I see it in my conference room all the time now. It's, uh, I didn't see it hardly ever uh, earlier in my career. But in the last 10 years or so, this is what corporate America is doing, especially to their highly compensated uh, employees with, uh, you know, generous benefits. Uh, so if you work for a big company, you better be prepared that this could happen to you. So all your plans now are totally thrown out the window. So these are the steps that you need to take. Uh, first of all, you got to calm down, take a day or two. I know it's easier said than done because you're panicking at this point. Your wife's panicking if you're married. Uh, but sit down after you, you get your head together and assess um, your current situation. Uh, where are we right now? All right, what money do I have saved? Do I have an emergency fund? And this is the whole reason why financial planners like myself stress the importance before you invest a dime in anything. Make sure you have three to six months living expenses liquid in a money market account, preferably, uh, and available to you. Now, why is this so important? It's obvious, obviously, that if you don't have an emergency fund and you just lose your job, uh, uh, you have an immediate problem. Another thing about an emergency fund is it is after-tax money. You know, it's money you save from your salary, you put into a bank account or a money market account. And if you need to access it, you can tax-free. If you don't have it, uh, you may have to access your retirement accounts, uh, which is taxable, which we'll talk about in a second. So I can't stress enough the importance of having an emergency fund. Now, I brought this statistic to your attention many times that half of American families cannot come up with $400 for an unexpected expense. Half of Americans. That, that is mind-blowing. And why is that? Because they don't have an emergency fund. They don't have money for a rainy day. And we could debate why that is. You know, some people just live beyond their means. Other people are just getting by and they can't put money aside. 
whatever it is. Uh, if you don't have an emergency fund, you are immediately in critical condition. And that's why it's so important to have, was it three months? Is it six months? It depends. Uh, it depends on your other assets. You know, do you have other pockets to pick if something bad happens to you? Is your spouse working? Okay, at least you have one income coming in. If, you know, you have a two-income household and one of you loses your job, at least the other spouse is bringing something into the house. Now, keep in mind that, you know, if you're summarily uh, uh, let go, you're going to get unemployment. Now, it's certainly not going to be what you're used to as far as your salary goes, but for, you know, half a year at least, you know, you're going to get a reasonable amount of money depending on your state's unemployment situation. I know here in New Jersey, it's pretty generous. I, I've seen people get eight, $900 a week in unemployment. So, I mean, that's not bad. Keep in mind it is taxable though. It's going to go into your tax return. So if you're not having taxes withheld, you may get a wicked surprise when you have your taxes done. But now you have to say, okay, what is my employment options here? Do, will I, can I easily be reemployed somewhere else? Obviously that's, that's the best thing that can happen to you is to find a similar job uh, with similar pot pay. Now, you may not have the same benefits, but, you know, one thing at a time here, you know, you just need to get a job. Uh, but for most people, especially if you're 60 years old or 62, it's more difficult for you to get a position uh, than someone younger. A, your salary requirements may be too high. Uh, B, they may not feel that you're going to be around long enough, just a few years before you probably retire. So they don't want to have to train you and then bring somebody else in in a few years. So it's kind of difficult to find a new job in the same field that you're in paying the same amount of money. Next thing you have to consider is, all right, what's my options? Do I have a 401k? All right, well, usually uh, with a 401k, your option is to leave it there, which I don't think is a smart thing to do, especially after the company just canned you. Why do you want to keep your assets in their retirement plan? You don't want to. Also, 401ks are limited, most of them anyway, in what you can invest in. What most people do and what most financial advisors, including myself, recommend is that you roll it over into your own individual retirement account. You create an IRA if you don't have one already. And you uh, fill out some paperwork with the company and they'll send a check made out to the new IRA custodian. You put it in there. It's a total tax-free transaction. Now, why is this to your benefit? Well, number one is that it's easy to access it. So much more difficult to access your money in a 401k than it is having a, a, an IRA account. Very, very easy to access the money. Number two, you can invest it in virtually anything because there's a self-directed brokerage account, you know, when I say self-directed, I don't mean you do it yourself. Uh, it just means that it could be invested in anything, any stock, any bond, any mutual fund, gold, oil, silver, uh, even soon to ETFs, Bitcoin, where you have maybe five or six, seven different uh, options in the 401k. So you roll it over, put it in your IRA and uh working with your financial advisor, find out whether or not it makes sense to start taking distributions as an income source. Now, as I said before, the best bet would be to have an emergency fund and after-tax money saved where you don't have to access uh, taxable money, especially if you're getting unemployment that's taxable. Maybe you work three quarters of a year so far, so you have salary. So, you know, you have to look at this tax situation at that point. Uh, number two, do you have a pension here, a defined benefit pension? Now, many older people working for major corporations in the United States do have it. It's the newer people that joined the company the last 20 years that don't have it. But if you were there for a long time, 40 years or greater, there's a good chance if you work for a major corporation that there's a pension. Now, you have to look at the pension options. What options do I have here? And this is where people make big mistakes. And this is where it's so important to get a financial advisor. Uh, not just a financial advisor, a certified financial planner. And you may have the option to take a lump sum. You may have an option to take a monthly uh, annuity for the rest of your life. Uh, you may have an option to take uh, $2,000 a month for the rest of your life, but as soon as you die, it stops and your spouse gets nothing. You could take an option where you'll get, say, 1800 a month 
Uh, and if you die, your wife will get half of that, $900 a month. Uh, so you have to ascertain what's the best option for me. Now, I always advise people if the option is available to take the lump sum. Because with the lump sum, you determine what your income is. You want to give yourself a raise because of inflation? You can do it. You want to take 10000 out and you want to um, go on a cruise or take a trip to Europe or whatever? That's up to you. Once you, start, once you take the annuity, you've given up that principle. And now you're only going to get payments for your life and maybe you and your spouse's life. But the problem with that is that there's no, no, no legacy to leave your children. So say you have a, 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 an annuity, a monthly life-only annuity. You get three payments and die. That's it. It's over. <laughs> now, if you had a spousal uh, survivor benefit, all right, maybe she'll get half now. Uh, but why should that be? If you took the lump sum and you're taking income from that lump sum and you die, your wife's not going to get half. She's going to get whatever she wants because it'll become her IRA account. So controlling your pension and your ability to access it and change the amount you get uh, is a benefit that's so valuable. Now, if you're not the kind of person who's good with money, you don't trust yourself, you have some vices, you're a gambler, you're an alcoholic, um, you're a drug addict, you know, uh, or you're just a spendthrift, well, then maybe the lump sum isn't right for you. And that's where you have to you know, do some soul searching. The one thing about the pension, you know you're going to get it for the rest of your life and maybe the rest of your spouse's life. Some people like that security, to know that that's always going to be there, assuming that the pension doesn't go bust. And that's another reason why I want the lump sum. How do I know 20 years from now that this company's pension is going to be solvent? Do you know how many underfunded pensions there are out there right now? Underfunded meaning they don't have enough money for promised benefits down the line? And uh, if, you, uh, uh, if you work for one of these companies or you work for a municipality, t- Detroit, you know, these people, you know, getting $3,000 pensions. Now, now they're getting 1500 because their pension was underfunded. Or if the company goes belly up, you, you, may lo- you, you may have no pension. Now there's the pension guarantee corp and all that stuff, and maybe you get something out of it. But in a financial crisis where you have corporations left and right, you know, defaulting on their pensions – that's something to be concerned about. So you want to thoroughly review your pension options with a competent certified financial planner and accountant to know the tax issues regarding that. Uh, it's so important to do that because your decision is irrevocable. And I can't tell you how many times people have come to me after the fact. Uh, they've, been, they've been retired for a year, and I find out they had an option to take a $600,000 pension or, or $1,800 a month, and they took the $1,800 a month. Bad, bad mistake. And you certainly hurt your kids uh, and your heirs uh, because there'd be nothing left for them. A lot of pensions don't give you that option. Uh, they're hoping you die because if they give you a monthly payment for your life. They'll be happy the day you die. Uh, because it stops then and it goes back to them. And they keep the whole lump sum. And if you think about it, you know, take a lump sum pension, uh, say it's uh, $500,000, and you're taking, um, say, a 1000 a month uh, annuity. It's going to take you 500 months before you get all your money back that you would have had in the lump sum. Uh, that's a long time. So uh, uh, you got to do the math and figure out uh, uh, what's best for you. Or better yet, let a professional do it for you. So another big issue, like I said, you have to consider is your pre-tax and after-tax money. Your pre-tax money is your retirement plans, 401k, lump sum pension, IRA account. Your after-tax money is your after-tax savings equity in your home, things like that. And you have to make sure that you're taking the money from the right pocket. If you take all your money out of the retirement plan, uh, you have a taxable situation. Uh, If you have after-tax money, well, maybe it makes sense to take half after-tax money and half pre-tax money. That's the job of an accountant to uh, crunch the numbers for you, 
make sure you're tax efficient. Another big concern with premature retirement is health care. This is the biggie. If you're not 65 yet uh, and you get a premature sudden retirement, uh, what are you going to do for health care insurance? You got five years now before Medicare kicks in. Uh, and if you look lately, <laughs> health, health insurance is very expensive, very expensive and going up every single year. For a, a couple, 60 years old, you're looking at 1500 to 2000 a month for a decent policy. And not a, not a perfect Cadillac policy, by the way. You'll still be paying co-pays and deductibles and all that. But health care is the big issue uh, because of the cost and the length that you may have to pay that cost. Now, some people will go and just try to get a part-time job somewhere uh, or even a lower-paying job just so they can get the health insurance. Because think about it, if you're paying $2,000 a month for health insurance, that's $24,000 a year. Um, So uh, some people work just for that. You may want to consider part-time work. Uh, Now, many part-time jobs don't give you health care, but it certainly will give you some some cash flow. Next thing is a biggie is uh, Social Security decisions. All right, now that I'm retired at 62, do I take my Social Security now? I'll take I'll get 25% less than if I wait till 67 my full retirement age. Uh, but maybe that's the only option I have. But maybe not. I always find other options for people. I've had people come with me, come to me, just had somebody recently. They already started the process with Social Security, takes Social Security at 62. And I said, "Why are you doing that?" Uh, she goes because I don't really have any other money. But meanwhile, she did have other money. She had equity in her home. Her home was paid off. And we're going to tap into the equity for a couple of years to buy time. And I call that buying, buying your Social Security. So you're going, to, you're going to pay yourself from your savings. You're going to pay yourself from the equity in your house if you don't have much in the way of savings. But definitely use your other money if you have it before deciding to take early Social Security because you're going to get 25% less than full retirement age, and that's a decision for life. Very, very important that you make those decisions uh, properly. Also, keep in mind, if you do take Social Security prior to your full retirement age, for me, it's 67, you can't earn a lot of money because if you get a job before you're 67, you're limited to how much you could earn. Otherwise, you have to start paying back Social Security. And that number is about 21000 right now. So you don't want to, you know, start taking Social Security now and all of a sudden next year get a job and find out that, you know, you have to pay back the Social Security that they're paying you. And for every $2 over 21000 you have to pay back $1 of Social Security. Not a good situation to be in. So if you think you're going to be reemployed prior to your full retirement age, then don't you dare even consider taking uh, Social Security. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, and, and, and I've dealt with this with people all the time, is men- mental health considerations. It is extremely traumatic to have a sudden, unplanned retirement thrown into your life. It is not something you planned on. It hits you like a brick. And you have to be careful about depression. My father-in-law um, lost his job. He worked on Wall Street his whole life. And he lost his job after the 87 crash. Uh, And uh, he went into a major depression. Major depression. A guy who I never thought would ever be depressed. Went into a major depression. Uh, It was very sad. Because he lost his self-worth. You know, that's it. When you're still young and, you know, all of a sudden you're unemployed. And and it's even worse when your wife's going to work. And you're just sitting there in, in the home where she's getting dressed, taking a shower and leaving to support you and the rest of the family, uh, it it affects your self-esteem, especially for men. And you could have major anxiety issues. If you're single, you could have issues with loneliness. You're not used to being alone. You're You're used to the social interaction of going to work. So you have to be really careful about that and make sure that you get professional help. Because you're not going to be able to help yourself by finding another job or anything else if you have mental health issues. 
So hopefully this doesn't happen to you, but it's a, it's something that's an epidemic in the United States right now. And if we enter into um, a recession, deep recession or worse, it's only going to get uh, more and more people are going to be faced with this. Uh, and if you can, try to anticipate it. Just try to say, if this happened to me, how, how would I fare? What's the situation I'm in? And if you don't think it looks good, and do everything you can to build up as much of an emergency fund as you can. But don't think it can't happen to you, because I've had people come to me and say, I had no idea that this could happen. Even yesterday when I was at work, I didn't have any inkling, didn't hear any rumors that something like this will happen. And it doesn't matter how good a worker you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been loyal to the company. They don't care. It's all about the bottom line there. So make sure you uh, think it through and wonder, well, what will happen to me and my family if that happened? All right, let's take a short break. My name's Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Don't go away. AFM Investments' Lou Skatigna has been serving Ocean County for over 35 years. AFM Investments brings a level of expertise, knowledge, and experience to the Jersey Shore that you would typically have to pursue with a premier investment firm on Wall Street. Whether you need income tax preparation or financial planning, he has the experience to help you with whatever your needs are. For more information, log on to afminvestments.net. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company. Member FINRA and SIPC. Registered advisory services through Argentus Advisors. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. You want to get in touch with me and just send me an email at my email address, Lou at the financial physician.com Lou at the financial physician.com. You want me to cover something on the program. You have a comment on a segment of the program. You have some suggestions for the program. Uh, this program is for you guys. So you tell me what you want me to cover. Uh, so we send me topics, uh, uh, ask me questions. Uh, if you want me to answer them on the air, I'll do that. Otherwise, I'll respond to you privately. That's Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. And now we get together for two podcasts a week. Our main podcast running, well, last week's ran two hours and 10 minutes. Um, so much to talk about. Uh, there is every week. Uh, but that's uh, the main podcast Sunday. I have it uploaded usually by 7 a.m., but guaranteed to have it up by 9 a.m. Uh, and uh, the midweek podcast comes up Wednesday. Uh, I do everything I can to have it published by 4 in the afternoon, but if my business schedule does not allow it, it may be a little later than that, uh, but certainly no later than 6 p.m. Uh, on Wednesday. And like I said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it's up by 4 p.m. You want to be notified the moment we upload a new podcast when you go to Podomatic, uh, go to thefinancialphysician.com. It'll link you over to the Podomatic page for the financial physician. Follow the channel. That's all you have to do. And uh, they'll ask you your email address, and we'll be able to shoot you off an email. It comes up virtually the moment I upload the show. So you don't want to miss any of the financial physician. And I, uh, I appreciate you guys sharing the podcast with friends and family. That's the only way it grows right now is word of mouth. So uh, send the link to all your friends and family, put it on your social media, uh, any forums you follow that you think you, uh, the link would be helpful. Um, please feel free to do that. And, and thank you so much for doing that. I know many of you have turned a lot of people on uh, to the program. All right. So today is day two out of three days of the BRICS summit being held in South Africa. For those who don't know, BRICS stand for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. These five countries have, have joined together in some kind of a trade union, uh, a loose trade union, so to speak. Uh, and it started 10 years ago. And now at the summit, they're considering two things. They're considering letting in a lot more countries to expand the BRICS union. Uh, some countries of note are, number one, Saudi Arabia. Uh, which would be momentous if they joined the BRICS, 
that would have them uh, moving away from the United States, away from the United States dollar, which they already are doing. But this would be a big, big move if Saudi Arabia joins the BRICS, and they want to, and I, and I think they're going to. It's just a matter of when. Now, nobody's going to be admitted during this summit. That, that's not going to happen. It's already been set. Uh, but they're, they're laying the groundwork for that. And uh, as many as 40 countries have requested to be admitted to it, including Argentina, Mexico, uh, and a bunch of Asian and Indonesian countries. So uh, there's a lot of countries that want to get away from the United States hegemony of over the world, financial. The uh, almighty dollar, uh, nobody wants it anymore. Nobody wants to use it anymore. And after seeing how we weaponized it against Russia, uh, uh, against their reserves, uh, people don't want to keep their money in the dollar anymore. So they're looking at uh, forming a union and also forming their own currency. Now, that's being discussed at this meeting, but it's not coming about. There's going to be no announcement on that during this meeting. And there was some conjecture that it would come out on this meeting, but it's not. Um, now we have to wait. It's it's. Uh, I'm, I'm taping this Wednesday morning, Wednesday early afternoon, so nothing's really come out about it. And usually, any initiatives would would probably be announced on the final communique, uh, which won't come out until tomorrow, Thursday, the 24th. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on it. And I'll report on it on Sunday. But as of now, nothing earth shattering coming out of the meeting. Um, it's being attended by. Uh, uh, Lulu was the president of Brazil. Oh, by the way, he's he's there, Biden. He stole the election against Bolsonaro, just like uh, Biden did here against Trump. Exact same scenario. Just just he was losing, and they just found enough votes for him to get over the finish line. Uh, it's just just incredible. Uh, he's a socialist, uh, and he wants to at least have a currency between Brazil and China. Uh, but we'll see where that goes. So the world is starting to move away from the U.S. dollar. Right now, the BRICS, just the countries that are there, represent 40% of um, the world's population and about uh, 25% of the GDP. Uh, so uh, that's pretty significant block. And you start adding Saudi Arabia and Argentina and uh, a lot of Indonesian countries, you got a pretty big economic force there. And make no mistake about it, it's going that way. If they use a currency back, gold back currency of some kind, the US dollar is toast. And and, and you, you think you have inflation now? Wait till you see what happens when those dollars come back here. Once other countries don't need to inventory dollars to do trade, to buy oil, uh, those dollars will come back to America. And uh, you think inflation's bad now? Wait till you see what happens then. So I'm going to keep an eye on the um, on the, this meeting. Uh, by the way, um, as I said, Lulu's there, President Xi of China, President Modi of India. It's in South Africa uh, now. Putin's not there uh, because if he showed up, he may be arrested because there's a warrant out for his arrest by the international court uh, due to the Ukrainian invasion. Uh, so he, he, he joined virtually uh, and he gave a speech today uh, and he talked about, you know, how the sanctions against his country were wrong and that this war is all about the United States starting it and, you know, on and on and on it went. Uh, so uh, we'll report to you on Sunday. Once this uh, summit is over, anything interesting came out of it, uh, we'll have it on the Sunday podcast. All right, so we already know that food prices, grocery prices have gone through the roof over the last year, year and a half. And if you like soup or any other canned goods, uh, expect to pay higher prices due to the Biden administration. What they did on Thursday, they announced new tariffs on canned making metal imported from China, Germany and Canada. A move that food companies say could lead to higher prices for some canned goods. Um. And Chinese products would be subject to the highest tariffs of the three, with 122% tariff of their imported value. So what's this going to do? All right, It's just going to mean that the cost to produce a can of anything is going to go up. Now, of course, uh, Consumer Brands Association, a trade group representing companies like Campbell Soup, 
Fresh Del Monte produce estimated new tariffs, if applied aggressively, could raise the prices of canned food by up to 30%. And the reason why they're doing this, they say, is because these countries are dumping metal on the market, meaning selling it below what Americans produce it for. Um, but this is, you know, it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. And I'm going to tell you, not a single job is going to return to the United States as a result of this. U.S. Um, steel corporations aren't going to run out and hire uh, a bunch of people to produce more soup cans. It's not going to happen. So uh, Bidenomics at work again. Uh, expect to see uh, as much of a 30% increase. In all canned good, I guess that includes tuna fish and anything else that's made with a can. Uh, just unbelievable. Do you see this story? Dick's Sporting Goods shares fell 24% when they announced their earnings this week. Uh, their earnings were down big time. And was it down because uh, retail sales were down? No, their sales year over year were actually up. The problem is theft, believe it or not, uh, uh, or what they call shrinkage in the business. The market was expecting $3.81 a share in earnings. It came out at two eighty-two. That's a huge miss. And it's coming because of shrink, which is a retail term uh, that refers to in inventory that's lost due to theft. And we're seeing the systematic organized theft of these big stores where a crowd of 40 or 50 people come in and just take what they want and you can't stop them. And this is a big issue for corporate America and a lot of retailers, especially in the cities where this is happening uh, at epidemic proportions. I mean, it's just crazy. And you saw just recently what happened in, I guess it was in Nordstrom's. Uh, it doesn't matter what store it happened. It can happen to any store. Where these people, they get organized, they just come in there, and they just grab everything they can and run out. How do you stop it? And you're going to see, uh, we're seeing it now, that a lot of companies in cities are shutting their retail operations. Why do you want to do business in a place where, you know, you got mobs coming in there and, uh, A, it's, Risky to your customers and to your employees, so that's a potential liability. Uh, and then the liability of losing your inventory uh, and, and harming your earnings. So it, it's just a terrible situation. This is Biden's America. This is what you get when you have Soros-backed district attorneys who won't prosecute anybody. I mean, it's actually legal to steal up to, was it, $900 in San Francisco? You can't get prosecuted. So it's just it's just inviting people to go into stores and take take stuff. It's insanity. But we're living in an insane world right now. Uh, and I've never heard a company, a big company like Dick Sporting Goods, come out and announce to their shareholders that uh, we had a big earnings miss because of theft. I mean, theft's always been a problem. You know, retail stores usually it's an inside job. Somebody works there, steals something. Uh, but that's not mass organized theft like we're seeing now in the major cities. Um, it's just out of control. And like I said, that's what happens when you have Democrat-controlled cities with district attorneys who don't believe anybody should be in jail because of equity, uh, and they just let them out And if they arrest them in the first place. And you can get away with murder, literally, these days in American cities, at least Democratic-controlled American cities. It's becoming more evident every day uh, that this Maui fire uh, is one of the biggest disasters in U.S. history, uh, a horrific disaster. We're hearing stories now out of Maui of just how people died, and and there's a cover-up going on right now. You know, they're saying right now, after two weeks, they're only saying that they have 114 confirmed dead. Well, that's not true because people on the ground are saying that that's a lie. As a matter of fact, there's uh, somebody who's working, going house to house to pick up the remains, works for the coroner's office, and this is what he had to say. Fast as I can. I'm a flight attendant. I'm in Maui. I got picked up by my shuttle driver to go to the hotel earlier, and he was just explaining all the tragic events, obviously, that have happened this week in Maui with the fires. He was saying that the news isn't even covering the gifs of it and that the news has only confirmed 103 bodies dead as of today. And they have already confirmed here on the island of Maui that over 480 people have been confirmed dead. They're only 13% through the town of Lahaina with going through the houses to find the dead bodies. 
he is volunteering his time going into the homes to collect the bodies. He works part-time at the morgue. And he is just, the stories he told me, you guys, of what he saw and what he witnessed during that time is absolutely gut-wrenching. He found so many children, children and moms holding each other, infants, toddlers, the unimaginable, husbands and wives, whole entire family members in a room just huddling together, burning to death. He's collecting, it's all bones, so he's grabbing the bones with the ash, shoveling them into body bags. They have no more room on the island in the morgue, so they are shipping in containers to hold these body bags. People were running into the ocean to escape the flames. They, the flames came so fast, burnt all the boats, and went over the surface level of the ocean and was just burning people left and right. People were burning in their cars. I mean, this is absolutely tragic, and the news hasn't even come close to covering what's really going on here on the island of Maui. Terrible, terrible, terrible testimony about... Could you imagine the horror of this? I mean, children, they're saying the majority of the dead are children. Now, why is there a media blackout on this? Um, you, the media can't get facts. I mean, they're not reporting it accurately. You just heard this guy saying he's pulled this 485 bodies or remains of bodies that are dead. And they're still reporting 114 or 116. They add one or two every day or something like that. Why aren't they reporting the extent of this? And it's still, they're saying only 13% of the homes have been looked at yet. So you got thousands of people dead, mainly children. And I think that's the reason why they're not reporting it. And that's the way they're not letting reporters go in there and see the carnage. Whole families and cars just incinerated to death. Could you imagine the horror of this? And like everything else that's a horror in our country, it's covered up. You never know the facts. The fake media doesn't report it right. In this case, they're not even getting the opportunity to do it. And, uh, you know, the, the mayor is a disaster there. He was asked by reporters about the kids, how many kids. They got to know. I mean, people have, you know, reported lost family members. They know exactly how many are missing, exactly where they lived, uh, but they don't want to report it. Why? So this is what so this is a little garbled, it's a little hard to hear, but you get the gist of these reporters peppering the mayor about the kids, and he doesn't answer the question. And someone comes out and says, "You're a disaster. You're the worst mayor we've ever had." Listen. How many children are missing? You know. Send me the answer to that. I would be happy to answer. You have no estimate as to how many children are missing. I guess we can end this right now. You really hear the press uh, be that testy. Uh, you're the worst mayor we've ever had. You know, what about the children? And I mean, when you're talking about children, it's a big deal. I mean, of course. And the mayor is not even saying how many kids are missing. Uh, like, they don't know after two weeks. Shameful. Shameful. So there's a 12-mile a, a no-go zone for the media uh, right now. Uh, media can get arrested. Now, even the editor of the Maui Times, you would think there's one press person that should be able to get the information that's necessary. Listen to what she said is going on. This narrative that the media is lying about the reality of the Lahaina fire is incredibly frustrating for me because I am the media. I am the editor of Maui Times and I have tried relentlessly to get direct information from the county of Maui as well as the Maui Police Department. Both entities have been radio silent and have not responded to any of my calls or emails over the past few days. I also spoke to Maui police officers in person in Lahaina, and they all denied me my First Amendment right to freedom of the press by denying me access to Lahaina Town as well as denying me information. They even sent me on a wild goose chase trying to find their media coordinator who had conveniently gone home for the day by the time I found where he was supposed to be. So it is not the media who is lying to you because I am obligated to only report what has been confirmed. Who's lying to you is the government entities who are trying to cover their asses and not take accountability for how grossly mismanaged this entire situation has been. What are they hiding? That's that's the big story. Whenever the media is prevented from seeing something, the first thing that comes to my mind anyway is what are they hiding? Why can't the media go in there? Um, it's cover up of some kind. I don't know if it's just uh, 
malfeasance or um, uh, they're purposely trying to cover up something. Maybe they're trying to cover their asses in the way they handled it. Uh, maybe they they just don't want to horrify the nation uh, of how many kids have died. Um, and we'll never know the real number because some of these people have been burned beyond recognition. There's only bones left in some cases. Uh, trying to identify these people is going to be quite difficult unless they were found in their house. Um, but uh, just a dreadful situation. Now, Joe Biden, you know, infamously a week or two ago, had no comment when asked about the deaths and the things that were going on there. Uh, he was uh, shamed into uh, getting on Air Force One and going there for a few hours and, and, and seeing the devastation. Now, of course, he's not even all there. He doesn't even know where he is. Uh, but he, uh, I don't want to say put fuel on a fire. That's not a, not a good pun. I didn't mean to say that. Uh, but he, uh, he got a brutal backlash from the people there. Do you see them all giving him the finger and screaming at him and his signs, no comment? I mean, these people are just totally frustrated with the federal government and Biden's reaction to this. They feel like they're second-class citizens and nobody cares about them. And, uh, and then, you know, Biden finally does show up. And what does he do? He makes jokes uh, about a cadaver dog uh, that, uh, you know, had little booties on because he's walking on dangerous ruins and maybe, you know, hot areas of the fire. And he comes out and says, you guys catch the boots out there? That's a hot ground, man. Then he goes on, even worse, to equate what these people have gone through with uh, him almost losing his Corvette. Listen to this. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside. Entire families were incinerated in their homes and their cars. Thousand, maybe thousands. And he almost lost his Corvette and his cat. All kidding aside, how do we kid in this situation? I mean, it's just outrageous. Everything he does is just blows the mind. Well, his mind is blown, I guess. But, you know, you know, this stuff went viral. Uh, it just, you now they say he's such an empathetic guy. No, he's not. He is probably the most disgraceful, mean, foul-mouthed person to ever well, I shouldn't say ever, uh, be in politics. And people who know him know that. From the, not just now, his entire life. He's a mean guy. And he's a crook on top of it, as we've uh, all come to realize. Um, what a disgrace is president. What an absolute disgrace. And you know what? Hawaii will probably elect him again because they're a democratic state. These people don't care. That's a problem. Maybe they do now. Maybe this is what it took. Now, on the five, uh, I watched a really good five this week. I try. I, I do not watch Fox except for the five. Uh, I like that show. Uh, I mainly like Gutfeld. But listen to this exchange between um, the liberal babe. Uh, what's her name? Um, I forgot her name. Uh, Tarloff, Jessica Tarloff, uh, and Judge Janine. She's trying to make excuses for Biden's gaffes regarding the victims of the fire. The thing about the ground, the hot ground, he was talking to a dog whose paws are on the ground. It's not like he's oh, saying what to a him. guy talking about, about talking so what, to a dog. A man are you around. kidding me? This are is a kidding? guy who goes to an inferno, an inferno where a thousand people and children are missing. Stop with the excuses. Boy, I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of Judge Janine. Uh, she's a tough Italian lady. Uh, it, it's not funny, but uh, she's a tough cookie, and she ripped her a new one on that. You can't make excuses for, for Biden's behavior. 
It's just inappropriate. And again, you know, give the guy a break. He's senile, uh, but he shouldn't be in that position. And there's no way anybody should defend him. And then it was followed by um, Gutfield. Uh, he gave what I thought was one of the most eloquent, impassioned talks about this situation. I was sitting with my wife, Sue, and she, after it was over, she said to me, Lou, that was just eloquent, the way he put this. Listen to what he said. Yeah, I think, you know, if 9-11 happened today, the media would blame climate change. If Pearl Harbor happened, they would call it gun violence. So that's the world that we live in right now. Though this, to me, is like the quietest tragedy ever. Isn't it strange how quiet everything is? And in this case, no news is probably bad news. You don't hear from families of tourists because maybe it's not tourists that are still dead. You know, you silence from the locals because maybe they're gone. And then the, the officials don't say anything because this is possibly worse than anybody imagines. You're not going to see anybody. And it's kind of scary who these people might be, right? They might not be adults. And I think that this is a really, really horrible, horrible tragedy. And I hope people learn that evil isn't some guy with a twirly mustache, you know, tying helpless women to train tracks. Often it's a non-thinking, unbending mind that's adherent to an ideology. If this is true about this guy and the five-hour delay of water, he should never walk this earth safely again. If he held the water back while these people burned alive and he thought, well, you need water, but you should appreciate the greater goal of equity, that's despicable. I don't believe it. I can't believe somebody would actually delay water for five hours. But then again, we've seen the ideology of equity show up everywhere. Yeah, we're told that it's not about where you start, it's where you end up, and everybody has to be the same. So while I understand that you might need water uh, to be safe, uh, there are other people, local farmers, that deserve that water too. If that was actually the conversation, God help that person, because that's just disgusting. I, I, again, we're, we all become experts when these tragedies happen, but the one thing I'm pretty clear on with ideology is that they always put it before people, and you end up in situations like this where they justify the death of others. Sad, the saddest part about this is we're, there's no noise. It's just quiet, and I'm wondering why, you know? Anyway. Well put, Mr. Gutfeld. Uh, I agree 100% with everything he said. Why is it so quiet? Uh, it's the most quiet disaster tragedy we've ever seen. Uh, and that should make your radar go up. All right, we're going to keep an eye on this story. It's such a tragic story. Uh, and uh, we're going to check all different sources to try to find what we can find about what's really going on there, what really happened there. And we'll certainly report it to you uh, as things come out. Now, I told you last week, uh, not last week, on Sunday, uh, that the Biden administration is planning lockdowns again. And that a TSA uh, meeting or conference with all the managers said that by mid-September, they were going to institute uh, mask policies for all uh, TSA employees and employees of the airport. By mid-October, they're going to have everybody wearing masks and they're going to continue to roll out, again, another set of lockdowns uh, under the auspices of a new variant that's out that apparently is no worse than any other variant. Uh, and they're going to try to do what they did last time we had a presidential election, have the mail-in votes. And the first, the, the way I found out about this was um, Alex Jones from InfoWars. He's got some really good sources, and, and he reported it last week, and I just repeated it to you after doing some further research on it and verifying it. And this is what he had to say, and I think this was last Wednesday. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a call yesterday. An individual was in town. And they wanted to meet with me that I know well, and they are a high-level manager in the TSA. And I went and met with them and had a cup of coffee with them. And they said, you got to warn people. Tuesday, we got called in, the managers and told that by the middle of September, that the new policy is being written, that this is done, they were told this is happening, this is not hypothetical, you all have to wear masks again, and so will airport employees. 
Then by the middle of October, they are going to say that everyone flying has to wear a mask. And in the meetings, people began to ask them, well, I mean, why is this happening? They said, well, because of the new variant in Canada and because of the WHO, they may you know, declare this. But regardless, we've been told this is going to happen. And then they were told, we expect by December a return to the full COVID protocol of 2020-2021. And I was given many more details. I wrote down notes on it. Then I left called the first federal connection that I was thinking of, didn't answer. Called the second, answered. Told them what I've been told. And they said, what day was that? I said, Tuesday. They said, yep, we were told yesterday. This is, yesterday was Thursday, so it was Wednesday. Expect COVID protocols to begin rolling out middle of September. And I said, what else were you told? Basically, that they believe this new variant's super bad and that they're doing the testing and that they should just get ready for a whole new rollout of what happened before. And this was Border Patrol connected people I was talking to and testing at the border again and the whole shooting match. So when I heard this news, it stunned me because I'm done with COVID. I'm done. Every time I see somebody walking around in the store with a mask, it flashes me back to that terrible time. It depresses me. It makes me angry. Let alone somebody in their car with a mask on. We're not going back to that fear again. I'm not. And I'll be damned if I'm going to start wearing a mask back in stores and everything else. I'm not going there again. And I like to think that most Americans will not comply. And by the way, uh, in September, what comes out then? Oh, the new vaccines are coming out. How convenient. So sure enough, uh, it's starting to come true now, right? Listen to just the news the last couple of days, right? Uh, Universities around the country, starting with Rutgers, said it's going to disenroll students who do not not adhere to the school's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for the upcoming school year. The policy took effect August 15th. Okay, so now you have to be vaccinated again. Here we go again. Uh, And now uh, they continue to claim that it's, quote, commitment to health and safety for all the members of its community. Even though uh, CDC said uh, COVID vaccines do not prevent contracting the illness. We're being lied to. They know it doesn't work. They know masks don't work. Scientists have said it. People know it. It doesn't stop viruses. The holes in a mask are too big. It's like a chain link fence trying to stop a mosquito. It don't work. It's all about control. And it's all about the election next year. Uh, Here we go. Major movie studio reinstates mask mandates. Effective immediately. Lionsgate Santa Monica, California office said that employees starting on Monday have to wear masks in their office. They must wear a medical grade mask covering, a face covering, surgical mask, KN95 or N95, when indoors except when alone, in an office with a closed door, actively eating, actively drinking at their desk or workstation. Um, so here we go. It's all happening at the same time. You don't think this stuff is coordinated? Do you not think so? So the Eris is the name of the new variant. And supposedly it's causing spikes all around the world. England, Ireland, U.S. are all being hit hard. I don't know anybody that has severe COVID right now. And scientists, quote unquote scientists around the world are saying all at the same time, we have to return wearing masks. 
COVID is just another word, another name made up for the flu. That's all it is. And they put a new variant out every month or two. It's like a new fresh coat of paint on it. They keep it fresh. They don't want it to go away. And as I said, the next round of COVID vaccines hit the shelves next month. What a perfect time. And if you lost count, I think we're up to six or seven shots now with different variants. Uh, It's just ridiculous. And people are getting... Everybody I've told this to would say, what? What? COVID's over. Uh, No, it's not. Don't you know it's election year next year? Meanwhile, they're pushing this vaccine. How about this one? Former University of Houston basketball player Reggie Cheney, dead at 23, cause unknown. Every day. Every day I come across this. And it, it, it infuriates me every time I see it because we know what it is. And they always, they never report, well, he's been vaccinated. You know, never, ever do they say vaccine status. But we know to be able to play, you have to be vaccinated. The exact cause of death remains unknown. Of course it's unknown. Died suddenly. That's the cause. How about this headline? Mamma Mia and Wicked Star Dead at 40. Broadway actor Chris Peluso has died at the age of 40. The stage star, best known for his roles in Mamma Mia and Wicked, died suddenly August 15th. Cause of death, unknown. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And now they're mandating vaccines again in schools. It's just, just Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It just doesn't end. And uh, we'll see what happens with this. But uh, according to Alex Jones, uh, you know, by middle October, we're going to be in full lockdown mode again. I just booked a cruise for December. I wonder what that's going to be like. Hey, am I going to have to wear masks? I bought the insurance uh, so I can cancel if that's the case. I'm not going on a cruise where I have to wear a mask all the time. I will not comply. And if enough people do not comply, what are they going to do? Everybody gets on an airplane with the mask on. Someone gets up and says, take them all off. What can they do if we all take it off? Nothing. They'll probably wind up emergency landing the plane. That's probably what they would do. But this is ridiculous. It really is. And it's all about fear and control has nothing to do with, you know, I, I, you know, I played that comedy routine on, on Sunday about, um, you know, we took the COVID vaccine, but we all got COVID. What if we all took the polio vaccine and we all got polio? That was pretty funny. But you don't get it so bad. Oh, okay. Unbelievable. All right, let's wrap up with this. favorite Queen songs, uh, roughly, what, 50 years old, maybe. Uh, Now the woke crowd wants to cancel Fat Bottom Girls. That's right. It's uh, the record label is going to remove Fat Bottom Girls from uh, the group's greatest hits collection because the woke crowd feels that it's body shaming to people. Uh, It's just unbelievable what's going on here. They go back in time, in this case, 50 years. Uh, I love that song, and I think Fat Bottom Girls like it, too. It's a fun song, and it's it's actually glorifying women with big butts. Uh, and it's just another example of the insanity in the world that we're living in now. All right, thanks for joining us for our midweek Financial Physician podcast. Please share the podcast with friends and family. Put it on your social media. Put it on forums. And if you want to contact me, you can contact me by emailing me at lou at com. 
Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. I answer each and every email. You want me to cover something on the program or you got a personal finance question or you just want to get something off your chest, feel free to send me an email at lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Anybody wants to come in for a free financial consultation and review now more than ever, especially I, I opened up the show with people being thrown into retirement prematurely. If that's you, come see me and let me give you your options uh, and, and clarify the future for you. If you don't live on the Jersey Shore and you want to have a, a telephone conference or a Zoom conference, feel free to make that appointment by calling my office at 732-905-8100 or email me at lou at thefinancialphysician.com. And join me Sunday for our next podcast. It'll be up by 9 a.m., probably 7 a.m. And always remember, I'm not far right. I'm just right so far.